welcome to More Than Myths. like none feedback at all yeah um, no it's not working <laughs> <laughs> no it's working perfect 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 i wish i had a joke you do have one. a joke <laughs> oh i can tell you that okay. <laughs> you do have a joke <laughs> uh, what what does the frog do when his car dies oh what Haley? He gets it towed. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's asked, so dumb. I told Chris that, and he was like, "It croaks." I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." Oh, that's yeah, a my good coworker one. was like, "It's totaled." Oh, and I was like, that's good oh. too. I was like, "Close, <laughs> very close." Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty great. Made me miss uh. The jokes from Laffy was it Laffy Taffy? Oh yeah, Laffy and Taffy, the, and then the popsicles. The popsicle sticks. That's what I told. Yep. That's what I told Ricky because she. I sent it to her too. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> so, that joke needs to go around. Needs to yeah. So tell everybody. What tell everybody to a frog's car when it dies. It's Love toad. It. <laughs> um, we went to the bookstore yesterday, and I've never been to half price books. Oh shit! It was the first time you've been. I thought you'd yes. been before. No, no, shut up. Oh my! Yeah. And you only came away with two books. Yeah. Well, reason being is I was chasing a three-year-old around the store, Fair enough, and Fair arguing enough. with my thirteen-year-old that she could not read adult horror books. Oh, what did she want to read? She picked up a couple of them that was like. You know, they need to have some sort of rating system on books, sure. right? Yeah. I'm like, I can't look at this and say, oh, yeah, it's rated R or, oh, it's MA. It's yeah. like, I, I don't know what You have no idea what's in, in there. Yeah. And so she's like, can I read this? I'm like, babe, I don't know if this has violent rape. You know, like. Exactly. No. Books Sorry. aren't just like, I'm like, people can put anything in books. Yes, they can. And so I'm just like. No, sorry. And so I like brought her to young adult. And I was like, mm. you can pick anything from here. Yeah. And Stay she's like, in this section. <laughs> she was reading some of the titles. She's like, really? This is what you think? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well, maybe not that book, you know, like Vampire it's Diaries or whatever. But yeah, she was just I was like, look around. I'm sure there's a blood covered book in young adult. Like you'll Probably. have fun. What did do you remember what she picked up? No. No. I had like I'm a curious. bunny with razor sharp bloody teeth. It was kind of like a print. You Yikes. know? Yeah. And so like <laughs> uh, and she ended up she ended up she did get like a sci-fi fantasy zombie book. Okay. That was like a blood covered cover okay. and it was like zombies it was called fear and i was like sure fine whatever give it a go so i don't know if it scars her i warned her <laughs> i don't true. know what you else did. to tell you tried. you did. i tried you did your best <laughs> and so she also had like five or six books i was like girl 
you told me you only read graphic novels, so you need to put some of those back. Although, she's like, good I'm job. gonna read them. I'm gonna That's read them exciting. all. Like, okay, I can't wait to hear about it. So yeah. she'll get her own book cart. Yeah. So we were excited about that, and then I yeah. ended up, yeah. So anyway, I was fighting with the teenager, and my son was like trying to get all these very violent graphic novels, and I was oh like, no, gosh. no. So everybody just <laughs> needed me. I need to go to half price books alone. Yeah, that's what I need. That's so. What I, need. I just take did a end take a lunch break too. Yeah, nice. And you got the Lost Apothecary and um, Indian myths. Mm. There was a whole section of mythology, and they're all like not very long books. I was just Mm -hmm. like, "What do I start with?" So, and they're only five dollars each. So I was like, "Okay, I'm going to buy a book and a myth, and a book Mm -hmm. and a myth." And so, anyway, it's a good way to build your collection. Looks great. I can't wait. Yeah, I have that one. Can't wait to read it. Extensive TBR, very extensive, very extensive. Don't ask me how many books are in my TBR. It's rude. It is rude. <laughs> We've been over this and how it's you never extremely bad manners. Yeah. Extreme. Still one of my most favorite TikToks <laughs> ever. How dare you? How dare you ask a woman, anyone, how long, anyone. Their, how long their TBR is? <laughs> yeah, I was telling you, I think in the car, yes, or I texted you, and it was like, I was having a really hard time finding a book that kind of called to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw this one. I was like, oh, apothecary, okay. And I pick up the book and I look on the back and it's like 18th century women hide a secret apothecary. And I was like, done. Yes, please. Bridgerton and witches sounds like a great fucking idea. That's all you have to say. Oh, so for sure. I can't wait. Very nice. But yeah, then we got ice cream. And then had a chill, chill weekend. That sounds great. We, what about you? What the hell did we even do? A lot. I feel like we've done a lot. What did we even do? Oh my gosh, I gotta think. We went and bought kites at Costco, which was really oh? exciting. Yeah, they have really cool ones. We got a dragon. <gasps> yeah. We got, I'm pretty sure, a unicorn. What? And I'm pretty sure we got a butterfly. Yeah. Okay, so they're two big. out of they're three like 76 mythological inches. creatures. Yeah, they're huge. It's like 76 inches long, one of them. Wide, wow. long, I don't know, something. So 76 inches fits in there somewhere. Anyway, so somewhere. they come with like a cool handle. Yeah, keep an eye out at Costco. Not sponsored, but totally promoting the shit out of that. Because kites yeah. are the best. I haven't flown kites in so long. I love it. I love, I love a good flying kite day. Let's what else did we do? Fly a kite. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. There you go. Bought some books. Um, I don't remember what I bought. I bought too many. I think I bought like six or seven new books just this weekend. But wasn't there a trip that you made that yielded zero books? There was. That was yesterday. We went and I couldn't find it was probably because we went to like we go really regularly. Oh, I'm not even. We don't, it's not. I'm, I retract what I said. It's not even too much. We go whenever we feel like it, (laughs) which is a lot, (laughs) which is a lot. 
Yeah. Because it's always changing. That's the beauty of half price books is you have people that come in every day and they're bringing their books with you. And so the st- the books change. It's always different. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't find a single book about zero books. And Chris came home with like, I don't know, seven or eight new graphic novels. Wow. Yeah. We have a library to build. It takes a lot of time. To build? Yeah, we're library builders. There's, you there's... have a library. And it has to keep growing. I have to feed it. It has to survive. <laughs> it's not hurting in any way. You need to post your library. It needs to be bigger, more robust. You need to post your library. I need to reorganize and clean my library. <laughs> and then post your library. And then potentially post my library. It's wild. It's actually beautiful. Oh, uh, it's okay. No, I've seen other people out there that I have really random books. I have, you know, like people that you see on Instagram that they're like all the beautiful hardcover. Yeah. All the same. I mean, matching art. We I don't all know. I like it when it's random. Yeah. It's just I saw, I saw this one lady who like did mock built ins. Ooh, huh? And put like four bookcases next to each other and put the extenders on them so they all went up to the ceiling and then mm-hmm. put, you know, blocking around each of them so they look like built ins. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ah, I was going to do it by color but she's like i ended up doing it by genre because i'm really not going to look for books by color we did that and it was beautiful for about a week mm-hmm. and then i couldn't find the books that i was looking for yeah you're like so there's no rhyme to, or reason to this no it didn't make any sense i have to have it in alphabetical order by author it doesn't matter yeah. what genre it is it has to be but it's a mess right now i have got to work on that it's on my to-do list your to-do list. Oh my gosh. Excellent. Yeah. You well, ready? ready? I'm ready. I to have fun ready for me. Do you want to eat waiting. and mute while always oh, are you waiting? No. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna watch our flag means death and eat pho on my couch. Okay. As long as doesn't not. that sound like a beautiful evening? It sounds like the best. We actually need to watch the end of it. We haven't watched yeah, the final. We still have like a couple episodes. It's so good. So good. It's so good. Take Ready. a drink. <sighs> Take a drink. Because we were fangirling about. We are going to release our um, sipping game. Oh, yeah. We have been working template. on a list. We have been if you guys have ideas sip for list. a sipping game, then yeah. let us know. But, yeah, yes. we do have a sipping game that we're going to post. Mm-hmm. All right. I... I'm going. I am going. I'm just going to go. You're going. It's your turn anyway. So you should go. So I got in the mail today a book called Captured, which is more information about the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience because we are now into part two of what happened to them. So because I was trying to find some information about what happened and I kept Mm -hmm. running into so many different scenarios of things like what had right. happened so i try i wanted to find something that would actually tell me like, like a timeline in their own words what happened so i have a couple more 
I'm going to try to get through it really quick so we can get to actually like what happened. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Um, so the last time we left Barney, Betty and Delcy, their sweet little pup, mm-hmm. sweet little it, pup. They, they were coming home from Canada and they were on their honeymoon. That didn't dawn on me. They were coming home from their honeymoon and this awful crap happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't hit me. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, they're just coming home. Well, they're an older couple. They are an older couple. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I was like, because when I I saw the pictures you posted of them and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I was kind of imagining like a young couple. Yeah. No. And uh, so I was like, oh, they're on their, they were on their honeymoon. They were on their honeymoon. Yeah. And they'd both been previously married. And I believe that between the two of them, they had five children. From oh, okay. previous marriages, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, so they were coming home from their honeymoon in Canada. Um, and as they were driving home, Betty sees a light in the sky and she mm-hmm. thinks it's a satellite. Barney keeps insisting that it's actually a plane, and he's insisting that it's a Piper Cub, which is just a small, a little small plane. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going home through the mountains, it follows them, and they would end up stopping time and again. Betty just kept bothering him, like, you've got to stop. I have to see what this is. So many potty breaks, many stops to kind of see what was happening. And this light just kind of keeps up with them. It's getting closer and closer. um, And they can tell that it's eventually gets close enough that it's a cigar-shaped craft. The row of windows, there's people inside. Eventually, they would have to stop in the middle of the road because it was in the road. Barney goes out into the field with binoculars to see what this thing is. And he would see beings in this craft. He jumps back in the car, yelling at Betty that they've been seen. They're going to be captured. They have to get away. So they jump in their car and they know they're being followed. All right. So they're in the car. They're making their way through the mountains. And for 35 miles, they don't really remember what happens. And they get home. Shoes are scuffed. Dress is ripped. I have a little bit more information about the circles that are on the car. And I'll tell you about that in just a second. Okay. Okay. So they get home and they kind of wind down and they kind of talk about what happened and they have this feeling of calm and peace and Barney and Betty talk about it and they say, Hey, you know, we don't want to really say anything about this because Barney was really worried that it would hurt their future job prospects as well as their reputation. Um, I didn't think right. it was. I didn't think it was something that really, I don't know, needed to be mentioned. But they are an interracial couple. Oh yeah, I was totally gonna say that too. Um, I mean, in the fifties. In this, yeah, it was nineteen sixty-one. Um, oh yeah, nineteen sixty-one is what I meant. Same so. difference, really. Right. Um, so their marriage was not everybody reacted kindly. So he was really worried that this would have further negative effects. On yeah, they them. don't need any more attention. They on don't them. need any more. Yeah. So yeah. he really didn't want to talk about it. He really didn't want people to look at them and judge. Another thing that they did when they got home that I didn't know about is he suggested that they go into separate rooms before they discussed what happened and they draw what they saw. <sighs> so they go into separate rooms and they drew what they had seen because they were like, right. do you remember kind of, you know, and they come out and their drawings are insanely similar. And it's, Ugh. there's a really classic picture. You, I mean, you could Google Barney's drawing and we will have it on our Instagram, but it's just your basic 
saucer with two, they kind of look like these with just lights on the end. They drew extremely similar. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and you can see the people. Up. Yeah, you can see the um, uh, people inside. Nope. Oh, so, God. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> I know. Ew, I'm sorry. Ew, I know. Ew. I am sorry. Ew. <laughs> I did feel really bad when you told me last week that you this has been bothering you. Because <laughs> I, I didn't pick it to me. I, I thought this You know what's really funny? <laughs> I said that really sarcastic and it didn't come off sarcastic at all. I was driving home late that night, the night before, and it was like, ooh, you know, I I wasn't having nightmares. I was being, (laughs) I was being dramatic. Well, I know it's your favorite thing to talk about. It doesn't sound like you're joking at all. It sounds like (laughs) you've been worried about this. So I just want to clarify. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, so when they got home the next morning, they woke up. Um, Buddy's sister, Janet, had a friend of the family who was a former police chief, and he told Janet that strange craft sightings that that were like this needed to be reported to Pease Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. Um, So Betty ends up calling the 100th Bomb Wing, and during the first initial discussion, Barney doesn't say anything about the humanoid creatures, humanoid figures, that he and Betty see. Mm-hmm. And he would get a call back from a major Paul Henderson. And the initial phone call, Barney didn't really say a lot either. But when he was speaking to this Henderson gentleman, um, he just kept talking because Henderson didn't seem to be surprised at what they were telling him. Oh. Um, he was really interested in what the craft looked like, what the wings looked like, what colors it was. So as he's speaking to them, he asks them if they would mind speaking to someone else in someplace else and doesn't specify who he's transferring them to, doesn't specify where he's transferring them. And the phone call is going to be monitored while they're talking to somebody. So they get transferred. They talk to somebody. They tell them the whole story. And to that, to the end of their lives, they would both say, like, we have no idea who or where we were speaking to. Wow. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Somebody in Area 51. Right. It was definitely Project Blue Book. Yeah. 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 I was like, come on. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Project Blue Book is like the super secret government project, and they were investigating UFOs and aliens and all of that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. There goes the chills. There goes the goosies. Um, I also wanted to clarify. So Barney's health declined really quickly um, to the point that he needed to take a three-month leave of absence from work. I did say that last time that he started to drink more. I only saw that in one place, so I don't know if that's actually true. He may or oh, may okay. not. I mean, honestly, you can't blame the guy because this is I would. fucking nuts. Yeah. yeah. I also. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So I have some stuff out of the book that I'm going to quote, and we'll try to get through this as quick as we can. So his health started to decline. Betty was having nightmares, and Delcy actually, who'd never been sick before, developed a severe fungal infection, <gasps> like a condition on her skin and an internal disorder. I don't know what that is. It doesn't say anything further um, when they returned home, but she was treated by a veterinarian. So everybody that was there had some kind of malady that like followed them home. Yuck. Yeah. 
they were both experiencing, Betty and Barney were experiencing breakthrough memories of this. They were both remembering this strange glowing orb in the road. And there was a roadblock. So they were forced to turn off the road. And they were remembering this. And as they were talking about this, so their family would try to get them to talk about this a lot and would keep bringing up this stuff to try to help them remember. And one of the evenings they're talking together and they're kind of walking Barney through what happened. And he has this intense emotional like explosion and he is shrieking at his family, the details of him seeing men in the road, waving his arm, waving their arms for him to stop. The car engine stalls and the men approach the car with a strange, non-human, side-to-side swinging gait that he remembers. Kind of spooky. No. Ugh. Black. Black. Yeah. So Dr. Stevens refers Barney to Dr. Simons, who was the hypnotist and the gentleman that had been working previously with soldiers that were suffering from PTSD. He -hmm. meets with them. Get this fucking shit. On Saturday, December 14th, 1963. Black. <laughs> I was That's like, Haley's no. birthday. Oh, no. Not 1963, but. Not 1963, but still. Still. <laughs> they had their initial meeting with Dr. Simons that morning. He also agrees to help Betty. Dr. Simons would begin a three-week period of conditioning the hills because you can't just go in to, and be hypnotized. You have right. to be kind of like conditioned. And to be able to enter this deep hypnotic state, to be able to get that recall, you have to have kind of like cues and things that are set up. And right. you have to have that trust with the doctor kind of built up at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they found out that Barney could reach a deeper trance than Betty. Um, and Dr. Simons was treating them for dissociative amnesia related to their missing time. So they would have their first individual sessions on February 22nd, 64. And you'll see pictures of them together. They're actually mm-hmm. hypnotized together. And I think this was just the conditioning because when their sessions were done, they were actually put in soundproof examination rooms so that mm-hmm. the other person couldn't hear, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Right. And that way you don't have cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you after the sessions. You what this person's talking about versus, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. And after the sessions were done, they would be re-amnesified. Uh-huh. I'm so they I'm couldn't talk about that's it. the word you went with because that's what I was <laughs> thinking in my head as well. Perfect. <laughs> Reamnesia'd. Reamnesia'd. What do yeah. you we're just I gonna leave know. it at that? I don't want to know the real word. What I made up was myth. perfect. Let me put a myth check really quick. Amnesified. <laughs> Re induced amnesia, probably. That makes a lot more sense. Come on, reamnesified is way funner. Oh, dang. I got to tell you about the spots. How do I even spell that? Amnesified? <laughs> A-M-N-E-S-Amnesified. Like, <laughs> Google's going to be like, I don't know what you're asking does me. does not compute. <laughs> it does not compute. Okay, so real quick, pause. We're going to go back. What I will say about this shiny spot, so the shiny spots on the car. Yeah. There was quite a few of them. 
Um, but Betty and Barney weren't the only ones to see it. That's why I wanted to bring it up. They had upstairs neighbors that they talked about, and they also came out to see them, and they played with the compass on top of them too, but they said that they were about the size of a silver dollar. Also, another interesting, weird thing to note is that the rain wasn't on them. It was like beating around them. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Kind of gross. Yeah. So she went out. She took the car. The She took the compass out to the car. And she thought that maybe it was the way that she was holding the compass that was making it spin. So she placed it on the car and took her hand away. And she said the compass was really spinning and continued to do this. As I was watching this, I was filled with an unexplained feeling of absolute terror. I was standing there in the rain under the streetlight and telling myself, don't scream, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Everything is all right. Ooh. Another thing of note. Uh-huh. So the report that the Air Force Base came out with. During a casual conversation on the 22nd of September, 61, between some people that were there, there was a strange occurrence that occurred at 0214 local time. So 2.14 in the morning, they picked up an object on their radar. Yeah, it informed. Let's see. So there was a title called The True, exact, the True Extract of Daily Report of the Controller. From the Air Communication Service, Form 96, blah, blah, blah. It informs us that the Air Force personnel observed an unidentified aircraft on precision approach radar four miles out from the control tower. It continued its approach and pulled up at half a mile. Shortly thereafter, radar picked up a weak target downwind and then radar contact was lost. So Is this like all in the area they were at? This is... At the exact same time that maybe Betty and Barney Hill were being either abducted or released from being abducted. Gross. The, Ugh, no. Yeah, I didn't know about that either until I was browsing in this terrific book. It actually is a really good book. I don't want to diss the book. It's just full of really spooky, creepy, awful tidbits that are I get to share with everybody. Goody. Because they can't be the only one. Was that Hello. your back? No. Oh, it sounded like you're back. And I was going to be like, man, that must have felt fucking great. No, I wish. (laughs) No, Uh, I wish. It was like my cable rolling. Oh. Across my pants. I gotcha. Okay. Um, Okay, sorry. So back to the hypnosis. Back to the hypnosis. Okay, so he's treating them for their dissociative amnesia. Because they're missing all of this time. He's trying to figure out what really happened. It kind of went over their trip. Seeing the star falling upwards. Um, they pull over to let Delcy go potty. And she's acting kind of strange. Barney does go to the trunk. And he actually gets a gun that he had hidden in the trunk. Um, mm-hmm. On one of their stops, they saw like really full garbage cans. And he was worried about bears. But he also notes that he was freaking out he was like and he was trying to hide it from betty because if betty (laughs) saw how freaked out he was then it was just gonna be like it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be more than he was able to like deal with the thing is following them he's forced to stop his car in the middle of the road because the craft is in the road and he uh would recall later in the sessions that 
as he's out in the field and he's using his binoculars to look at this, he, <laughs> he recalls that he's pleading with God to give him the strength to remove the binoculars from his eyes because he receives this telepathic message to stay there and keep looking, just keep looking and stay there and keep looking, just keep looking. Uh -uh. Um, and he keeps repeating like, what is this thing? This can't be real. Like what is happening? I can't like, he really just can't wrap his mind around what the fuck he's seeing, uh -uh. which it makes sense. I mean, your brain wants to explain what, what it what is that you're seeing like it doesn't yeah. make any sense the book also makes a really interesting point of trying to account for their driving speed which was probably like 15 to 20 miles an hour and the distance of 14 miles and all the potty breaks and the times that betty's like you have to stop you have to stop right um so they're probably about 30 to 40 minutes behind schedule at this point mm -hmm. so he runs to the car they're leaving because they've been spotted. Betty has her head and her upper body out of the car, like trying to see what this thing is. And she can't see the sky. She realizes that it's right over top of them. Um, Ugh, Barney yeah. turns. I know. The car starts to vibrate. They hear this humming. And then in a March 21st, 1964 hypnosis session, he states, I made a turn and I never knew this. I don't know why I made that turn and I was lost. I saw I was on a strange area of highway and I had never seen there before. And I was being stopped. I was very uncomfortable, but somehow the eyes. Okay. Uh -uh. Yeah. So he no. always will refer to this feeling that he has as the eyes or the crazy eyes. But this is kind of what is telepathically speaking to him. But he says, uh, but somehow the eyes were telling me that I should be calm and that I would not be harmed and to relax. And I saw these men coming down towards me. No. The car actually stalls. They they come around the sharp turn in the in the road and mm -hmm. Barney has to stop because there's men in the road. The car stalls and Betty recalls Barney trying to restart the car and the engine just keeps turning over and turning over oh. and she the group of men is coming towards them and they split. And they come up to both sides of the door. No. <laughs> I mean, you can keep going, but I'm going to protest the whole way. It's fine. I also am protesting. I feel Ugh. really terribly for them. So she's terrified, right? And in her hypnosis, she starts to cry. And she's just terrified. And she thinks, if I can escape, I can make it into the woods and I can hide. And she reaches for the car door, but they beat her to it. And they open the door for her. And they help them out of the car. They help them no, out of the car. No, no, yeah. No, 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 Yeah. So Barney has the impression that he, if he did think of the gun in his pocket, he would be harmed. So he's trying not to think about it. And this group of men help him out of the car. And he feels these eyes no. coming up to his eyes. And they're like pushing against his eyes. And he enters this like sleepwalking trance state. He's completely like subdued. Um, there was something that I'd read that like he puts up a fight at first, but then he just kind of gets really. Gives in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. he doesn't. He, yeah, gives in. It, you know, he just can't. He can't fight it. Yeah. Um, so Betty talks about how she's thinking that she's asleep, and she she compares it to being in a deep well. 
and she mm-hmm. has to get out and she has to get this consciousness back and she is struggling to wake up and she finally wakes up and she's dazed and she has this faraway feeling but then she opens her eyes and she's amazed and she looks back at Barney and Barney has two men on either side of him. His eyes are totally closed. He appears to be asleep and Betty gets mad and she tries to wake Barney up, but he, he can't seem to hear her. And so she's like calling to him. She's like, Barney, wake up, Barney, wake up. And he doesn't respond. But the man who's walking beside her inquires like, Oh, is his name Barney? And she turns around and looks at him and she thinks it's none of your damn business. (laughs) And she's like, I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> like she's sexy. Like, who she's, are you? Yeah. Yeah. There was something about um, she was like, who do these characters think they are? You know, taking us somewhere. Like she's yeah, she's not having it. Fight. She's not having it. Um my women so- are the best in <laughs> terrible situations. We've got our heads about us. Like, who the fuck are you? Trying to, yeah. Um, so the man reassures her that they there's no reason to be afraid. They only want to do a few tests. And when the tests are complete, her and Barney will be returned to the car unharmed and they will be, they can go on their way home. Okay. So they're walking in the woods and they reach a small clearing and the disc is in this clearing in the woods. And mm. there's not any lights or windows. And she thinks that they're actually coming up to the back of it. And there's a ramp and she gets frightened and stops walking she's like i am not going in there you cannot make me go in there but barney's like halfway up the ramp and she's like all right like Son there's i can't i can't leave we gotta him. go we yep, gotta go i feel like you're yeah. on your own <laughs> yeah it says uh the more delay the the more delay i caused the longer i would be away from the car i shrugged my shoulders and agreed that we might as well get it over with <laughs> i seem to have no choice in this situation uh, it kind of goes like it kind of makes you think like how rational you might actually be in something like this. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. how like how much different how many different brain chemicals are firing adrenaline oh and you know the shit that keeps you totally level-headed until you yeah. realize later that you should have been losing your shit, you know? That you sh- yeah. It's like yeah. It makes me really wonder like how how chill might she have been you know it makes more sense than you would think it does right yeah and it's there's interesting parts in their hypnosis therapy that you know they're totally calm talking about this stuff and then they'll see something in their memory and it's really triggering it's yeah super traumatic like they're sobbing and screaming and shrieking and it's tough to listen to they go up to the craft and Barney's already inside and there's a corridor and there was a door and there was a light inside. And this is, this is from Betty's experience. Um, so there's a door and there's a light inside. The light inside the room was a bluish light. And I wanted them to take Barney and me into the same room, but I get up to the door and dar- Barney was behind me and I started to go into the room and they take Barney past the door. <gasps> no, there are two men. The first two, yeah, they separate them. They take them into two separate rooms. So she goes into the first room, 
And then Barney, I believe, goes into the second room. And Barney also recalls that the lighting inside of the room was, it, he said it resembled a hospital operating room, but it was a pale blue. They said that it was um, like a bright light overhead with a bluish shade. So maybe kind of like LED lights, kind of, you know, they kind of have As that I white, my bluish. Blue, my blue yeah. LEDs. <laughs> Um, he did say that, uh, the room didn't resemble the operating room that he remembered when he was a kid. Um, he had to have an appendectomy, but he was carried into this room and he gets on the table and he says, I was afraid, but somehow not afraid enough to run. I thought it would be over soon if they didn't harm me. Barney has this examination done and he says he feels his shoes being removed, his pants being opened. He can hear this humming sound. They don't use words like we use words but they were like humming and like he said it was almost like a beeping to each other um they pulled his pants down all the way to his legs he's down to where his legs were i don't know what that means um and they were putting something in his rectum it was like a tube he said it was about as big as a pencil it didn't hurt he felt it going easily and then it was withdrawn um they counted the vertebrae in his back he like felt fingers like walk up his back counting his vertebrae oh. yeah his mouth was open um they like checked his eyes they checked his ears yeah it's just it's like a regular examination just like a physical kind of they're just checking out like just their hands naked their on the table yeah but with your pants around your ankles yeah like, it's a little weird. bit more Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says that um, he had a particular, a peculiar feeling that something was placed against my genital parts. It was more as if it was in a solution of something that was there that had a substance to it, that had body to it. Um, oh. Barney said that he felt a tug or a pressure, um, but he Ew. said that he didn't have an erection. He didn't ejaculate, but he suspected that they had taken a sperm sample from him somehow. Oh, Um and remember what I told you about the, yeah. So the afterwards warts. he would have these wart like growths, but as he would talk about this stuff, they actually became like crazy inflamed as he, like they didn't, they were just there. But then as he's talking about this and recalling all of this stuff, they would become inflamed and they actually required surgical removal. Whoa. So they, yeah, they were initially diagnosed as venereal warts. Um, but the specialist who removed the 21 three-quarter inch growths said that they were not venereal warts. Um, <gasps> they were not warts at all. And they were removed more for, like, cosmetic um, yeah. versus medical. But they don't know what they were. They were just weird growths. Yes. Yeah. So Betty's exam is a little bit different than Barney's. Um, her dress and shoes were removed. She's forced to lie on a table. And her skin was actually scraped. They used something that she said looked like an envelope opener, like a, like a letter opener. Um, yeah. And they would scrape her skin and, like, save her skin scrapings. They would put it on, like, yeah. slides. And then they'd put it in a drawer. Um, they brought this machine over. And it looked like a microscope with a big lens and she thought that they were taking pictures of her skin like really close up to her skin they looked at her teeth her mouth her ears they cut her hair they took they pulled some of her hair out and they cut her <gasps> hair 
Um, <laughs> they took off her shoes. They left, looked at her feet and her hands. They also clipped her fingernails and kept her fingernail clippings. What? Yeah. That, so they kind of did the same thing with her and Barney where they kept right. their – Yeah. Uh, but then, so that's like their, their primary thing. And then the examiner, that's what Betty called this gentleman that was like doing all of these yeah. things. Cause there Have was they a leader and they, they look like, I'm going to tell you what, okay. Yeah, I'm like, I will tell you, do you want me to tell you what they look like now? Or no, do you want if, me to kind you're of gonna talk about it? I'm just like, I figured we were going to yeah. go there, but I was just yep, like, I will definitely tell they you just what look they like look men? like men. Are they just okay no. with this? You know? Okay. 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 No, they don't look uh, like men. I knew no. better. Yeah. I knew better. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Are they not concerned? No. About what these they're very look concerned. Like? Okay. One of them she calls the examiner. The other one call they she calls the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and the examiner um informs her that she he wanted to just conduct a few simple tests. Um, so the first one was to check her nervous system, and they she lays on the table and he approaches her with this like cluster of needles and the needles have some kind of wiring running from them. That's attached to this big like TV screen, but they don't, they just like hold it to her body and they check her spinal column behind her ears, um, several areas on her head, arms and legs. And then they rolled her over onto her abdomen and they also counted her vertebrae. This is when she has the trouble with the zipper that he the examiner can't figure out how to get her dress off and so her zipper gets ripped so this is when we get to the part of the exam where we have the infamous pregnancy test he tells her that he's going to conduct this test and he approaches her with this really long needle she said it was about four to six inches long and they insert it into her navel (gasps) Yeah. At this point in 1961, amniocentesis is still in development. It's not actually. It's not even a thing. It's yet. not available. It's oh. not even available to the public yet. It's not even. It's still in experimental no. stages. Oh and God. and your your ovaries aren't even behind your navel. Like it's way down further in your way pelvis. down further. So what like. What were they doing? Why were they? I mean, maybe it wasn't a pregnancy test. Maybe it was something else. But I mean, it caused her a lot of pain. Yeah. Oh God. Um, she compared it to the sensation of being stabbed with a knife. And in response, the leader bends over and waves his hand in front of her eyes, and the pain is completely gone. So at this point, she's like, "Oh my gosh, thank you. That was terrible." Like, and she kind of feels this, not really camaraderie, but kind of like a appreciate appreciation sword i'm looking forward to right. this leader for like you weren't gonna her. leave because she pain. said it was like she was being stabbed in agony right yeah. yeah so at this point her examination is complete and the examiner leaves the room leaving her alone with the leader and she tells him like thank you for making it so that i wasn't feeling any pain and um she's at this point feeling pretty comfortable with him and she mm-hmm. strikes up a conversation with this alien <laughs> She explains that her experience has been so outrageous that no one is ever going to believe that this has actually happened to her. And she says that, you know, I don't even think that most people believe that aliens exist. She kind of is looking around and he tells her, like, if there's something that you see that you want to take with you, go for it. 
you can have it. So she's looking around and she spots a book. And so she picks it up and asks if she could have it. And so he tells her to look in the book and she says it has pages and writing, but it was different from any book she'd ever seen before. In a deep hypnotic trance that day, Betty described it to Dr. Simons as follows. It went up and down. It was different. It had short lines and some were very thin and some were medium and some were heavy. They had some dots and they had straight lines and curved lines. So when the leader would ask Betty if she thought she could read the book, she replied that she wasn't taking the book to read it. She was taking it to show proof that her and Barney had actually met people from another planet and they had been taken. Right. <laughs> um, he told her, yes, you can have the book if you wanted it. She picked it up and she said, I was delighted. <laughs> I mean, this was more than I had ever hoped for. And I was standing right. there and I'm saying that I have never seen anything like this book and that I was very pleased that he had given it to me and that maybe some way I could figure out in time how to read it. She asks him, I asked, oh yeah, she asks him where he's from and he's, he's like, well, do you know anything about the universe? And she says, not, you know, not a little bit, not, not a lot. Um, I know that the sun is the center of the universe and that there are nine planets. Like she oh. doesn't, you know, she has no concept, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 She doesn't, she doesn't know too much about, I mean, and honestly, at we, that didn't. Point, we didn't really know too much about it anyway. Um, so at this point he crosses the room and he pulls a map out of an opening in the wall and he asks Betty if she's ever seen a map like this before. And she walks across the room and she's looking at this map with dots scattered all over it. And she says some were little, just pinpoints. And there were others as big as a nickel. Um, she said some of the dots, there were curved lines going from one dot to another. And then there was a large circle with several heavy solid lines that connected it to another slightly smaller circle. She asked him what all these lines meant, and he informed her that the broken lines were expeditions. So she's like, well, where's your home at? And he, <laughs> he asks, well, where are you on this map? And she's like, I don't know. And he replies, if you don't know where you are, then there wouldn't be any point in my telling you where I am. And he rolls the map up, and he puts it back in the wall and closes it. So I've read two different things, kind of. I've read that it was like paper. Like, you know, the yeah. old school maps that you pull down in elementary school? It was like yeah. that. But I'd also read something that said that it looked three-dimensional. It, she said it was like looking out a window about three feet wide and two feet high. And there was I a was pattern. I was going to say, right? Like, like this a window. interdimensional yeah, traveler doesn't mm -hmm. have a paper map. Right. No, like it's not paper. that right there was like, okay, well, in the 1960s, sure, that's the expectation. How she explaining it. it in with mm -hmm. what you know, right? But yeah, I was like, mm, that seems like probably not the case. Yeah. Yeah. She would later tell Kathy that it there were stars in the forefront and stars in the back. So that leads me to believe that it looked three dimensional, but it's mm -hmm. hard to explain that if you don't know what that is. Because they right. don't, you know, they don't have that in the 61s, 60s. <coughs> 61s. Um, 61s. <laughs> so they're, you know, she, he's put the star map away and all of a sudden there's a noise out in the hall and these other men come in and they, um, <laughs> the examiner comes over and 
he has her open her mouth and they're like tugging on her teeth and they're they she's like what is happening what are they trying to do they can't figure out why barney's teeth came out and hers wouldn't come out oh and barney has dentures yeah <laughs> so they're trying to figure out like why did his teeth come out and yours don't come out? Like what is happening? So she's trying to explain to him like, oh yeah, those are dentures. And she says, she thinks Barney didn't want people to know about it. It was very sense. It was a pretty sensitive subject for him. And uh, she thinks he's going to be really angry about this. (laughs) So he's inquiring about Barney's dentures. And she explains that as people grow older, sometimes you know, they need to get false teeth and he can't figure out what old age is. And so she's trying to explain to him what old age is. And he doesn't have any concept of old age of time or aging. It's just crazy. She is explaining. She's trying to explain to him, you know, like what people eat. And she's like, I, I said that we eat meat, potatoes, vegetables and milk. And he's like, what are vegetables? And he doesn't know what vegetables are. And so she's like, well, my favorite to eat is squash. And he's like, well, tell me about this squash. And she says, well, it's yellow. And he's like, well, what is yellow? And so she's trying to, like, tell him these things. And people have used this as it doesn't. So people have tried to use this as a kind of a to prove that this didn't happen. But it kind of seems like a weak argument because, I mean, we're fluent English speakers, and I don't even know, you know, I don't know every single English word. Like, no, and if somebody sure. from outer space is, you know, just trying to communicate basically with well, humans, yeah, we're we not can't even know communicate interplanetary. There's so many different <laughs> languages here. It's true. Exactly. Like, right. Yeah. You're helping me prove my point. That's exactly. So just because he doesn't, just because he speaks English doesn't mean that he's going to know every single understands word. understands the concept, right? Right. Exactly. What do they look like? I'm going to tell you. Ugh. Yeah. It's not going to be great. So what did these men look like that had abducted Betty and Barney Hill? In 1967, so they were abducted in 61. They were having dinner with a David Baker and his family. He was a watercolor artist. And Dave asked Barney if anybody had ever attempted to make a detailed sketch of these creatures that had abducted him. And he said, no. (laughs) So Baker was like, hey, I can complete some charcoal sketches. And they talked and Betty would, or Betty, Baker, sorry, there's a lot of B names. Uh Baker would complete 10 rough sketches of the leader, examiner, the crew members, and I believe that they're available to see online. Betty would yeah, later they buy are, them. Because I accidentally found one when I, I haven't was looking looked at, at them. The I haven't UFO looked at them. Drawing. Yikes. He does these drawings and he reports that Barney reacts with visu- visible emotion. Um, later that night, when Betty viewed them for the first time, Baker commented she went walking down to the other end of the room and just walked in tight circles and stayed by the windows very much upset. The the captors had enlarged eyes, which were slanted and extended around the sides of their faces. Um, they They reminded them more of cat eyes. They had that kind of very cat like shape. Kind of reminds me of like an owl, like you mm-hmm. know, 
owl eyes. Um, they appeared to have wide cheeks. Um, they had larger than normal heads. Um, they gave the impression of immobility of oral muscles. Um, Barney thought that they had mouths, but that they were covered. Like they had a membrane over them that would like move and kind of ripple as they talked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they would hum to each other. They didn't have any whites of their eyes. It was just full black. Black. Mm. Yep. Mm, triple goosey. Mm -mm. Yeah. Triple gooseys. They didn't have any ears. Um, they only had ear holes. They didn't have any hair. Their skin color was aluminum gray. And their legs were spindly and their chests were enlarged. So Yuck. this is your first description of your typical gray. Yeah. No. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> yep. So he, so Baker um, conjectured that a tight colorless membrane covering an alien's entire body could have served as protective gear because they're not in their own atmosphere. And he demonstrated the effect by pulling a tight silk stocking over his face in the hill's presence. Later, he mentioned his great concern over the hill's emotional reaction to the stimulated simulated effect. I don't know why the fuck he would do this to them. It's awful. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, because you think, you know, like, in your mind, you can see what that looks like. And it's yeah. like, ugh, ugh, gross. Yeah. Yuck. Gets no. me. Gets mm -hmm. me. No, um, no, not a fan. No, no, not at all. Um, Betty would say that there were about 10 or 11 of these humanoid creature beings. I don't know. What do we, mm -hmm. what do you call, what do creatures, Things. creature word, humanoid figures, I guess figure. Yeah. Um, they were pretty short. They were three and a half feet tall and they had large heads. And there was one, they also didn't have the same amount of fingers. They either had three or four fingers and they were mm. weird. They, she wasn't sure if they actually had fingernails. And there Ugh. was one that kept looking at Betty and she said that she sensed hostility from this particular creature. And he just kind of waited in the hallway outside of her room. And she stated, he keeps staring at me, glaring. I want to kick him because of the way he's looking at me. He makes me afraid. Ugh. If I kick him, he'll know I'm not afraid of him. Hell yeah, get it, girl. <laughs> um, so no. she's she's trying. So they're they finished up the the exam, right? And they're leaving, and she has this book, and he, this angry, angry creature. Uh he Angry -in. an angry and he <laughs> gets mad and starts speaking in a raised hum that she can't take that book. She's not, this is not okay. She's not allowed to take it. Um, and so it ends up that she actually isn't able to take this book with her. Um, Bummer. And she's actually, she's really upset about it. She's really, she's that was her proof 
she's really upset. Yeah. Like she tells the guy, like, you promised me that I could take it. You didn't, you know, and now you're going back on your word. And mm -hmm. um, the leader tells her that not only would they have the book taken away, but their memories would be erased. And so she, she's like, but you, you know, you told me I could have this book. Betty tells him, you can take the book, but you can never, never, never make me forget about it because I'll remember it. But I'll remember it if it's the last thing I do. According to Betty, the leader laughs and replies, maybe you will remember. I don't know. I hope you don't, but maybe you will. But it won't do you any good if you do, because Barney won't. Barney won't remember a single thing. And not only that, if he should remember anything at all, he's going to remember it differently from you. And all you're going to do is get each other so confused you won't know what's going on. It would be better if you forget it anyway. <sighs> Ew. Yep. Yeah. So they're walked down the ramp <clears throat> and Barney's actually walked to the car ahead of her. In each of their sessions, they don't talk about seeing the other person, which kind of like adds strength to their arguments. Yeah. yeah. And she remembers walking back to the car, talking to the leader and he's telling her all of this stuff. And Barney's already in the car and Very he's chatty. Got... <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. Chatty. I don't know. I don't know if I would be in that calm of a state to even be able to have a conversation. Yeah. I think she's just, you know, on an she's... adrenaline kick. Yeah something so barney gets to the car first and delcy's hiding under the seat betty gets to the car and delcy's in the seat but she's shaking so this kind of adds additional strength to their yeah what happened they are in the front of the car and the betty's open the opens the door and gets delcy out and she's holding her as the ufo becomes a bright glowing object which turns over three or four times and it sails up into the sky wow um barney would tell dr simon it was a bright huge ball orange it was a beautiful bright ball and it was going and it was gone and we were in darkness yeah yuck yep. yuck i know so he, they get back in the car and they maneuver around another sharp bend in the road and he realizes that he's back on Route 3. The pavement changes from dirt to cement and he feels like they've been through this harrowing experience, but they haven't been harmed. They haven't been touched. Right. And there's another buzzing in the car and this kind of the beginning and the end of their loss of consciousness. Um he drove the car. So there was a, he thought that maybe the, there was something wrong with the car because they'd had a, a little bit of car trouble at the beginning of their trip. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was a 57 Chevy and it said that their car needed to be greased. I don't know. What if the fuck that does means, that mean? I don't know. And I didn't look it up, but maybe it just needed like the oil changed. I don't know. But so he's. Like driving the car fast and then he would slow down really quick and then he'd swerve to the left and swerve to the right and the car wasn't making this noise anymore. And so he's thinking, okay, I guess it's fine, you know, like, uh, so they get home and it's much later than they thought it was. It's, you know, five in the morning and they right. have can't account for this last time. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what happened to them. Ugh. And 
I know. What a harrowing experience. What an awful experience. No, thank you. Yeah. But next time, because there's going to be a part three, because I'm going to go into, there's a star map. There's, yeah, there's a couple theories on maybe what that's all about. Um, We'll get into a little bit more about what exactly hypnosis is. If it can be something that's like actually a thing that could be trusted um, as well as what happened to the hills after their hypnosis sessions oh my god okay so that'll be next time yeah i'm gonna try to like debunk it a little bit for you yeah (laughs) see if we can put some like actual science and like theories behind like to it yeah yeah. so it's not because i mean it really could go either way it could be real Mm -hmm. And it might just be because this is a time when, you know, people were seeing alien movies and right. Space race is big. Space race is getting big. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be next time. Awesome. Anyway, tell me a story. Okay. So. Back in the day when I did this research, I had a really <laughs> hard time picking something. And so I haven't done um, Greek tale since, I don't know, February. <laughs> it's been a minute, but it's not been a minute. super long. Um, we are going to talk about a creature that we all um, know and many dislike. I think, I wonder what percentage of people don't like these things. Look that up, Corinne. Look that up, fact check. There we go. Um, And since it's spring, spring has sprung, we're going to talk about the origin of the spider, according to Greek mythology. All righty. So, um, this tale is sourced from Ovid's Metamorphosis, which a little bit of background about Metamorphosis. It's a poem in 15 books that was written in Latin in around like 8 BCE. 8. 8. Actually, sorry. 8 CE. <laughs> so 8 Common Era. Okay. Just 8, eight. years after BEC. 8. BC. Year 8. eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you imagine? That's crazy. You're eight. Um, So the poem is mostly based on Greek myths. um, And it's about those who transform or have some sort of transformation. So metamorphosis. Yeah. Right. right. So um, this one is the story. um, And this is my interpretation of the story of Arachne. Okay. So. First, we'll talk about Arachne, who's the daughter of Idamon. What? Ricky's going to hate this episode. <laughs> she fucking hates spiders. I don't like spiders either. A hundred percent. Not, yeah. not, not down my with, thing. Not down. No. But this makes them a little bit more palatable. So maybe this will help. Maybe. We'll see if she listens to it even. There's. <laughs> I mean, you know, like. Shelob or Aragog. Oh, those are, are 
horrible. 8,000 times worse than what I Eight thousand. So if you've managed to watch a giant spider in a movie, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about spiders themselves. So Mm-mm. there you go. There's your trigger warning. It's the end outcome. But other than that, it's right. really just That's not, a not cheeky a lot of girl spiders. and an angry god. So. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Typical. Um, so Arachne, who's the daughter of Itamon of Colophon in Lydia. Um, so her father was known to be a famous dyer in purple. Okay. So I wrote here, I said, I'm not sure what that means. Like if they used indigo or and then I said, I did a video, I did a, find a video that confirmed it was dyeing fabrics purple. So mm. I fact checked myself immediately. <laughs> Um, Arachne is a mortal with no powers or godlike attributes. Um, so I just want to clear that up now. Okay. She's just good at what she does. Um, so Arachne is a weaver and is actually very skilled as a weaver, not the weaver of the woods. <clears throat> Yikes. But also, all Yeah. Her affinity to it was probably that her father was able to supply her with such be- beautiful cloths. So- mm. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're if your family does this thing, that's what you're exposed to, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So she became so good, and her weaving was so beautiful that it brought many visitors from far, including like nymphs, um, to be like viewed. So tales traveled; people came to see things because you don't have phones or entertainment. <laughs> weaving you you (laughs) travel to different cities to go see somebody's weaving right it's like that's a movie okay Mm -hmm. there there were concessions and everything yeah it's like come view this (laughs) get some popcorn tapestry (laughs) and a cookie and some lemonade yeah yeah we're here to view the tapestries the tapestries (laughs) It's my favorite part of that movie. I fucking love it. Uh, <laughs> she was complimented and she was proud of the work she was pr- producing. Um, and the crowds of people who visited, visited her made her ego grow larger. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. starts getting like kind of a big head about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also like deserving. She's sure. fucking great at it. So, yeah. you know, there's that kind of pride conundrum, right? Um, One day, while someone was viewing her latest artwork, they said her work would rival that of the gods. And she surely must have been trained by Athena. And she was like, and she hadn't been. So this was like a seed in her thoughts. She's like, oh, they think that I didn't just come by these skills. Mm -hmm. They think that a god had anything to do with my ability to weave. Uh oh. No, absolutely Uh-oh. not. Like, I did this. I, I this. learned this. I, yeah. you know, mastered <laughs> this art without the help of the gods. So, no. So, she <clears throat> kind of is in this like own inner dialogue, inner monologue. And she's just, no, I could, I could even beat Athena. There's no way. Ugh, mortals. <laughs> 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 Um, so now you might be saying to yourself, Athena, isn't that the goddess of war and wisdom? Uh, yes, 
She is, but she is also the goddess of crafts Aww. and not your hot glue gun hot store <laughs> but if you can't find a graphic with Athena with a fucking hot glue gun, I I'll just make one. <laughs> please, I'll make just, one. Like making a anything. A I don't care. Popsicle stick house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goddess of crafts. Goddess of crafts. I feel Popsicle like sticks. I feel like any of our like curious friends who are crafty. You guys should get a fucking sweatshirt that says Goddess of Crafts and it's like fucking Athena. With a hot glue gun. With a hot glue gun. I think we should just sell this merch. Okay. Oh, We're gonna add this to our merch. Add Goddess it. of Crafts. <laughs> Goddess of Crafts. <laughs> She's like holding a, with a bird those house. Bombs, with the pom-poms and like everywhere and like glitter everywhere. Like <laughs> <laughs> Your fingers glued together. Oh my god, I love it. Oh my god. Okay. So, um, if there was a god to beat at weaving, it was Athena. So that's where everybody's kind of like, "Oh, Athena must have taught you." And she's like, "No." But if I was gonna beat a god at it, like mm. I'd take her. You know. Mm-hmm. So Arachne, um, now with her head so big that she couldn't get through the door, decided to challenge Athena. And so we're gonna kind of talk about how that went down. There's a couple of different versions. So as she begins to boast very loudly and publicly that her skill rivals the gods and at no time (laughs) gave credit that she might have required those skills from Athena. Mm -hmm. So um, like you did, usually if you were skilled, it was because you were blessed by that god. If you were, you know, good at fighting in the war, Ares was your man. If you Mm -hmm. were musically inclined, Apollo probably had something to do with it, right? So the fact that she is like, oh, yes, I am skilled. I'm wonderful. And God's had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was just like a big F you. Middle finger right up at Olympus. And Athena was. Not having it. She was listening. Um, <laughs> As usual. Um. So there was like, it's always. So anyway, if you had a skill, it was always like a God that had smiled on you or bestowed you that gift. Mortals weren't just good at things without interventions from gods. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. That's not how it worked. Um, So Athena was livid and offended and downright sick of the BS that Arachne was saying to everybody. (laughs) She was just like, "Uh -uh, no. So she's like, this bitch. I, you know, and instead of just like, smiting her where she stands she's like (laughs) devises a plan she's like no 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 i want to hear this from her mouth like i want her to say it (laughs) (laughs) so she goes down when one of her new tapestries or arachne's new tapestries is being viewed all the concessions Mm -hmm. are out people are wooing and eyeing and i'm not arachne Athena disguises herself as an old woman. I'm definitely thinking like Snow White Witch here. Oh, yeah. You know, poison apple uh-huh. in hand and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and she in- interpreted her boasting one fine day and said, you should be careful not to compare yourself to any of the gods. You should plead forgiveness and Athena might spare you, child. And she's Ooh. like... And Arachne, full of herself at this point, and everybody's kind of agreeing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, 
ha, okay. You know, Athena is so, if Athena is so good, have her come and challenge me herself. Like, let's do it. Whew. Boom, crash, bang. You know, <laughs> sparkly smoke and glitter Magical transformation. <laughs> Hot glue gun flying. Popsicle sticks whirring through the air. Macaroni necklaces. <laughs> Pom-poms. <laughs> And there's yeah, white birdhouses, and <laughs> I just imagined her like plucking the glitter out of her hair, like right, me. like <laughs> everywhere she walks, it's just glitters falling. Yeah. <laughs> so this beautiful shining god goddess in all of her grace and glory reveals herself, um, and she said, "I've heard these claims from afar, and decided to offer you one more chance." Um, to recant your claims, but yeah, challenge accepted. Oh, and Arachne's like, oh fuck! Like fuck. she didn't think that this. <laughs> she didn't think I this did was, was going to go down. She's like, oh no, okay. But then you know she kind of gets back into her head. And she's like, I'm all right. Like I'm ready to do this. Um. So in return, if she lost to Athena then Athena could choose her punishment. Ooh. So, you know, Athena is also, this is her craft. This is her, she's the goddess of weaving pretty mm-hmm. much, right? So it's like, she's like, there's no way this little mortal is going to do anything. Mm-hmm. She's done for. Um, so Arachne was shocked, but was still sure of herself and her skills. So the two of them each took a place at a loom and worked all day and night. And when they completed their tapestries, onlookers were in awe. Athena had woven the gods residing on Mount Olympus and all their good deeds and creations for made for the betterment of men. So it was this really beautiful tapestry with, you know, different gods doing different righteous things for different people, bestowing gifts upon them, you know, showing that the gods are good and they mm-hmm. give mortals these gifts, right, to show – to mm-hmm. kind of stab Arachne, right? And like, yeah, yeah drive her point home. Look at all these stories of gods mm-hmm. doing these things. So, Arachne, <laughs> I don't know what was up with this girl. <laughs> I don't know if she had a death wish. I don't know if she was just bored of her life. I don't know what was up. She decided to create a depiction of the gods as well, but in a much different light. She had shown them drunk. <gasps> And messing things up. So, like, you know, Zeus stumbles and then crushes a village or whatever, you know, um, making mistakes, sleeping around. Oh, no. Um, So everything that the gods very much did, Mm -hmm. but the mortals would never call them out on in a literal face-to-face battle. You would never offend Zeus to to his face. You would never offend Athena to her face, right? (laughs) Arachne doesn't give a shit. She's like, nah. Uh, so, and hers is kind of the abuse humans face because of the gods. Mm-hmm. So hers is the complete opposite oh of what Athena has created. Um, mm-hmm. So one version I read that she also made a tapestry of literally just Zeus's transformations to rape innocent women. Whoa. Yeah. So there's definitely like <laughs> Zeus's adultery and holy shit yeah that's very ballsy she she, this girl don't know okay (laughs) um 
So this is where the story takes a couple of different turns. In all three, Arachne's weaving is better than Athena's. Wow. And it's very clear to everyone that that is the case. Oh, my gosh. So a god who is wrong and embarrassed by the depictions is not happy. Um, And Athena rips her tapestries to pieces. (gasps) And then it said that this is one version. It said that she threw Kate's. Hecate? Hecate. Mm-hmm. Um, Hecate's potion at her and transformed her into a spider. So she is condemned to weave for all time. Um, in another, Athena is so upset that she touched Arachne's forehead, which changed her and made her depressed, and she ended up hanging herself. So she like ended up taking her, yeah. her passion from her and her mm-hmm. drive. So she then made her like kill herself. Um, Athena then brought her back to life and turned her into a spider mm-hmm. as like an act of charity. She's like, well, I guess I took it a little too far or whatever. <laughs> and then the last version that I found, Zeus was actually judging the contest. Oh. Um, so Zeus was judging the contest and Arachne's tapestry was what was presented. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, shit. Um, oh my god. And so, and I said, I'm not sure if it was because he was prideful of the gods and would not admit defeat, but Athena wins. Or he announces oh, yeah. that Athena wins. Mm-hmm. And then they agreed before the contest that whoever lost had to stop weaving forever. <gasps> so Arachne only had one true joy, she it was said, and she became depressed. So Athena then took pity on her and turned her into a spider. So she could weave without a loom forever. Um, so not breaking her agreement of the challenge because you couldn't mm-hmm. like weave on a loom or make some tricks, tricking of the words. So she ended mm-hmm. up turning her into a spider so she could continue to weave for eternity as a spider. Yeah. Gotcha. So regardless of the outcome of the myth, it all ends in one tale. Our mortal arachne is turned into a spider and arachne like we have arachnophobia mm-hmm. arachnid means mm-hmm. spider spider so that was great that's what i've got for you today she's so brave and so st- dumb <laughs> so dumb so dumb <laughs> Will they never learn? No, but they clever, won't. you know. Also, yeah, I mean, and it's you know, you should take pride in your work, right? It was bold. It was a bold choice. It's very bold. Yeah, and honestly, you have this one opportunity to prove yourself. I mean, this isn't going to happen to you again, right? Because you're probably going to die. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to end well for you, Mm-mm. right? Challenging any. Yeah, of you that. might as well. You might as well do it. You yeah. might as well. You have the opportunity. You might as well. Go for it. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've got for you today. That was great. You loved it. Yeah, you haven't done a Greek story in a minute. Yeah. It's time. That's one of the ones I like know by heart the best. So 
It, yeah. I was like, I it was kind of in my back pocket for a little bit to be like, okay, just do Arachne because you know that story really well and you just need yeah. to fill in the blanks, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Thanks for tuning in today, you guys. We appreciate you so much over the last few weeks. We know it's been kind of a roller coaster and a lot going on, but we appreciate you. You're the best. You are the best. You are the best. Um, Remember to check out our social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, which we like launched and then we got sick. So there's more TikToks coming. (laughs) They're going to be out there. Um, But – we share books. We share episode teasers or recaps. Um, so send them to your friends. Share them. Be like, yo, this is the podcast I listen to. Look at Corinne talk about this thing. And then Haley will eventually be on there. We're just going to get her. We'll get her. I'm doing it. I'm going to do get it. Her. We're gonna I'm very get her. shy, but I'm going to do it. Um, And yeah. So anyway, check them out. Check them out. If you heard something that isn't right, you can always send us an email at morethemispodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you podcast. Uh, you can just share it, subscribe, give us a review if you have a couple minutes. It just gives us a little bump so we can find more curious friends, more book dragons, because, you know, we got to we gotta get them all. We got to find you guys. Gotta collect them. Collect them. Um, As always, remember, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your sister. Oh my gosh. Tell your sister. They're the best. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.